This message is brought to you by The Covenant Nation. Good afternoon, The Covenant Nation. This afternoon, I will be speaking on a topic, succeeding as an entrepreneur in Nigeria. Succeeding as an entrepreneur in Nigeria. My name is Gabriel Obechie. I left the University of Benin in 1987. I took a degree in engineering. I served in Kano 1987-88. I worked briefly in Kano. Then I came down to Lagos and joined a firm of then Pricewaterhouse, now called Pricewaterhouse Coopers. I worked with Pricewaterhouse, then left Pricewaterhouse in 1992 and joined a company called Ascon Oil Company Limited. I was in Ascon Oil from 92 to 97. I remember then, 92, 93, 94, I was on a salary of 30,000 naira a month. I asked myself one very simple question. Gabriel, what else can you do to make 30,000 naira in a month? I asked myself that question because I believe then, as I still believe today, that anything you can do to make your salary can take the place of your job. You know, when you have a job, you're working for a company, they pay you 6 million naira per annum, that's 500,000 naira every month. Essentially, what that company is doing is saying is come to work at 8 o'clock, do this set of tasks from 8 to 5, and then at the end of the month, we'll give you 500,000 naira. Any other thing you can do to make that same 500,000 naira can take the place of your job. So I, I asked myself that question and I said, Gabriel, if I sell a truck of diesel, I will make 30,000 naira. A truck of diesel in 94, 95, we're buying diesel for 9 naira per liter, we're selling it for 10 naira per liter. A truck of diesel, 30,000 liters. So if I buy one truck of diesel, even if I go home and sleep for 30 days, after 30 days, come back and collect my check, I will make 30,000 naira. A truck of diesel was 300,000 naira. But first things first, I needed to incorporate a company. So in 1994, I remember then, my wife and I went to meet a friend of mine who is a lawyer and a pastor, NFA Korubo. NFA, I want to start a company. So what kind of company? An oil and gas company. So what name do we give to this company? So we started banding names around. Why don't you call it Gab oil? Why don't you call it this oil? Why don't you call it that oil? And then if I said, no, Gabriel, rain stands for blessing. Why don't we call it rain oil? I said, if I, you know what, you're right. But instead of calling it rain oil, we're going to merge the rain and the oil together to get one word, rain oil. And that was how Rain Oil Limited was incorporated in November 1994. Certificate of Incorporation 257444. I don't forget. I took the Certificate of Incorporation, put it in my drawer. So step one, I will tell you, incorporate a company. If you have plans of starting a business at any point in time, the time to incorporate that business is now. 
How many of you here have ever tried to incorporate a company lately and you, I mean, you worked so hard to come up with a name and then you said it to CAC and they said the name is no longer available. Names are disappearing very fast. So incorporate a business. So I got my certificate of incorporation, put it in the drawer. Recall I had a hypothesis that if I sell a truck of diesel, I will make how much? 30,000 naira. I needed 300,000 naira to sell the truck of diesel. I didn't have the money. I wrote proposals. I went to those who I knew had the money. All I was getting was meet me here, meet me there for a meeting, stories. So I learned my first lesson. People rarely give money to those who don't have. Do I have a witness in the house? <laughs> Today I have friends that I will call say, can I get a hundred million naira there? They will give it to me as if I'm, it's a distraction. I couldn't raise 300,000 naira. But I had a habit. My office was in Isolo, 51 Iraqi real estate road in Isolo. I was doing a lot of work out of the NMPC depot in Ejibo. I had a stockbroker who was on Bank Anthony Way in Ikeja. With as little as 2,000 naira, I would drive from Isolo to Bank Anthony Way and say, Nyemike, buy me 500 units of Nigerian breweries. 1,500 naira, I would drive to Bank Anthony Way, Nyemike, buy me 800 units of First Bank. I was investing in stock, little by little. By 1996, I was getting frustrated. I couldn't raise the 300,000 naira. So one evening, I was living in Egbada then. One evening, I brought out my capital market file. And I started itemizing all the stock one by one. 1,000 units of 7 up at 70 kobo per share, 700 naira. 2,000 units of First Bank at 6 naira per share, 12,000 naira. I don't forget that 7 up because 7 up was number one on the list. And it was trading for 70 kobo, and the number of shares of 7 up I had was 1,000 units. So the entire value of those shares was 700 naira. But I itemized all the stock, and I, I was surprised. They went into two pages. When I summed them up, it came to 497,000 naira. Praise the Lord. You know, for those of us who are Christians, the Bible admonishes us that we should cast our bread upon the waters that we may find it after many days. It came to 497,000 naira. I was surprised. Those were the days of share certificates, not these days of CSCS. How many of you here know what CSCS is? Those were the days of share certificates. I took the share certificates. I took them to the same stockbroker, Nyemike. He verified the ones he could verify. He sold the ones he could sell. By the end of the day, I had my 300,000 naira. Having raised the 300,000 naira, I now needed to go into the marketplace to test my hypothesis. Recall again, I had a hypothesis that if I sell a truck of diesel in a month, I will make how much? 30,000 naira. So I now needed to go into the marketplace. I'm a salesman, I was a salesman, I'm still a salesman. I had no challenges identifying a company in Ikeja called First Aluminum Nigeria PLC. A classmate of mine in university was working there as an engineer, Michael Kolo, so he introduced me to the purchasing manager, a gentleman called Mr. Ojo. So I had no challenges convincing him to give me an LPO to supply them 30,000 liters of diesel at 10 naira per liter, 300,000 naira. So he told me to come on this fateful Tuesday to come and pick my LPO. 
So this day, I went there very excited. <laughs> How far, Mr. Joe? What of the LPO? He said, ah, Gabriel, sorry, the LPO is not ready. I said, why? He said, the GM refused to sign. I said, which GM? I got up. He thought I was leaving. There was a GM, a gentleman called Aija Haneku. His office was down the corridor to the left. He had a secretary to the right of his door. So I just approached the GM's office. I knew that if I made the mistake of telling the secretary I wanted to see the GM, that would have been the end of it. So I just approached the door. Good afternoon, ma'am. As she raised her eyes to look at me, I had opened the GM's door, and I was in the GM's office. Yes, uh, young man, what can I do for you? Uh, my LPO is on your table. Please, can you help me sign it? I said, which, he said, which company? I said, Rain Oil. He said, which one is Rain Oil? We only buy from Unipetrol or Mobile or Total. Aija Haneku was seated, I was standing. I did all the marketing I could do that day. Aija Haneku wasn't ready to sign this LPO. Gabriel Ubeche wasn't ready to go anywhere. <laughs> At some point, he got tired of me. He wanted to leave me in his office. <laughs> so as he approached the door, I just used my body to block the door and say, help a young man who wants to grow. Sign this LPO. Ijak Kaneku looked at me long and hard, went back to his table, signed the LPO, and said, I don't want to ever see you in my office again. I said, thank you very much, sir. I took this LPO, I did this supply. Instead of making 30,000 naira, I made 45,000 naira. From that singular supply in November 1996, we have grown this organization to what it is today. Today, Rain Oil Limited has more than 170 petrol stations spread across this country. We own three tank farms, one tank farm in Ogara, another one in Calabar, another tank farm in Ijegu in Lagos, we have an 8,000 metric ton LPG facility also in Lagos. We have a fleet of more than 300 tank trucks with which we distribute petroleum products across this country. And we provide direct employment to more than 2,000 people in this country, to the glory of God. Now, what are the strategies? What are the strategies for succeeding? The first thing I want to talk about is what type of business do you go into? What kind of business do you go into? I tell people that the most important thing you need in any business you want to do is knowledge. The most important thing you, want, you need in any business you want to do is knowledge. When you put knowledge in front and capital is trailing knowledge, what tends to happen is that the knowledge acts as a protective shield over the capital. When you put capital in front and knowledge is trailing capital, what tends to happen is that you lose the capital to acquire the knowledge. And that's when we say you've learned the hard way. May it not be our portion to learn the hard way. You see, I will tell you something. There is money in this country. 
Look, there is so much money you have no idea. There is money begging to be made. If you drive from Igomu to Ikeja, there are cars everywhere. There are houses everywhere. The roads are jammed. I mean, I was listening to Vusi when he was talking about traffic and all. Our roads are jammed. There are cars. Listen. The man who is into oil and gas is making money. The man who is into IT is making money. The man who is into property is making money. The man who is into food is making money. The Bible admonishes us that whatsoever we lay our hands on shall prosper. But what we need to add is that we need to lay our hands on what we understand. Lay your hand on what you understand. I went into oil and gas because I had worked for an oil and gas company for five years. I understood the business. I knew that if I could lay my hands on that magical 300,000 naira, I will be able to make a success of it by the grace of God. If you look at the economy as a whole, if you look at the banking space, the most successful bankers, look at those banks. I don't want to name them. They are banks that were founded by people who themselves were bankers. And the same thing cuts across the entire economy. Number two, Financial discipline. Financial discipline. If you want to be a successful entrepreneur, you must have the right mindset about money. Identify and eliminate, redeploy unnecessary costs. Monitor your cash flow. You must be able to control money. For me, money is just a figure. It's just a number. It means nothing. There's no amount of money I will see that will make me buy what I did not plan to buy. Nothing. It's just a figure. It means nothing. You must be able to control money. You must have financial discipline. You know, turnover, like we say, is vanity. Don't get into the turnover game. There's only one set of people that turnover X. I'm not saying turnover is good, but insofar as you are making profit. Turnover is vanity. Profit is sanity. Cash is king. Turnover is vanity. Profit is sanity. Cash is king. You are only in business when your income exceeds your expenditure. If your income does not exceed your expenditure, you're just busy. You've just created activity. You must make profit. Don't get excited with turnover because... A company that does 100 million in turnover and makes 20 million naira in profit is better than a company that does 5 billion naira in turnover but is bleeding 100 million naira in losses. So look out for your bottom line. Profit is sanity. And then, of course, cash is king. Protect your liquidity. You know, accountants are very funny people, you know, but we can't do without them, right? You know, when you buy something for 100 million and you sell it for 120 million, once you issue the invoice, as far as they are concerned, you made a profit of 20 million, correct? But there's a bill of 1 million naira to pay. Oh, but I pay this bill. They say there is no money. How? You just made a profit of 20 million. How can you say that there is no money? What he's saying is that there is no cash, there is no liquidity. Protect your liquidity. Liquidity is very, very important. Cash is king. You know, as a kid growing up, there was this poster I used to see. You know, and it stuck in my head. The poster had two men 
One looked very fat and very prosperous with so much cash around him. And he says, I sell for cash. Another one looked very lean and famished. And he says, I sell for credit. You know, he just goes talking me. As much as possible, sell for cash. Protect your liquidity. Keep your earnings in the business. Retained earnings is one of the best ways of growing a business. You know, like they say, one we chase a thousand, ten we chase ten thousand is the power of multiplication. One we chase a thousand, two we chase ten thousand is the power of multiplication. As you make money, keep the reinvest the money, reinvest the money in the business and grow the business with the profit you're making. You know, Nigeria is a very peculiar environment if you, if you want to run a business in this economy. Interest rates today, depending on how your business is um, rated, interest rates can run from anything from 17% to 27% or more. If you borrow money at 25%, that's Borrowing will double in three years. What the banks don't tell you is that that interest rate is actually compound interest, correct? It's not simple interest because every month you're paying interest on interest. So there are very few businesses you can actually borrow money for at 25% and be able to survive. So for people like us, I mean the oil and gas, I mean... You want to build a tank farm or you even want to build even an ordinary, a petrol station. If you borrow money to build a petrol station, you're dead. No, you're dead. So as much as possible, grow the business with your own equity. Borrow money to trade. That is for us, buy fuel, sell fuel, take it back to the bank. Buy fuel, sell fuel, take it back to the bank. So keep the, take your borrowing at the short end of the transactions, as much as possible. I mean, I speak for myself now. As much as possible, don't use borrowing to do capital projects because the, your, your debt will spiral very quickly. You know, I see a lot of people who suddenly, they, they, it's like they are buried in debt and they don't know how they got there. It's because they are not keeping their eyes on those borrowings. And then another thing, you see, talking about money, if you borrow money from a bank, let's say a bank has given you 500 million naira. The fact that you can write a check of 50 million naira doesn't mean you have money. You don't have money. It's not your money. It's the bank's money. When you trade with the 500 million naira and you make 40 million naira in profit, you have to live like a man who has 40 million, not like a man who has 540 million. No, as a matter of fact, you have to live like a man who has less than 40 million because it's only a portion of your profit that you can consume. The rest you must plow back into the business. The biggest challenge I see a lot of people have is that they struggle to distinguish between their profit and their cash flow. Don't leave off your cash flow. Leave off a portion of your profit. That's very, very important. Build an effective network. It's not just the size of your network. It's the influence of the people within it that counts. People buy products from people they know and trust. E.g. referrals. 
Identify high-quality prospective clients or influential introducers in your marketplace. Develop and implement a plan to get connected to them. Build an effective network. How many people do you know? What's your network? There are 20 million people in Lagos. How many people do you know? In 1995, I was still in paid employment. I was working for Ascon Oil. And then I used my own 25,000 naira, which was a lot of money then, to join a, call, a club called Lagos Country Club in Ikeja, because I love to play tennis. So I joined Lagos Country Club. Every evening I go there, or most evenings I go there to play tennis. So one day, the company I was working for, Ascon Oil, we imported a, a container load of cornstarch. As the head of sales and operations, the responsibility of selling this cornstarch fell on me. How am I going to sell a container load of cornstarch? So one evening, I finished playing tennis in Lagos Country Club, and the gentleman I played tennis with was a gentleman called Engineer Chike Mora. Chike Mora was the planning director of Cadbury Nigeria PLC. As a planning director, he was also in charge of procurement in Cadbury. So after tennis, I just uh, walked up to him and said, oh, oh, please, um, I have a container load of cornstarch. I want Cadbury to buy it. He said, is that all? He said, yes. <laughs> In my presence, he called a gentleman called Dr. Gumoela and said, Gabriel will come and see you tomorrow, negotiate and buy the container load of cornstarch. <laughs> so the next day, I went to Cadbury. I saw the gentleman, and I came back with the LPO for the entire container load of cornstarch. I was excited. I showed it to my MD, and we supplied the container load of cornstarch, the entire container load. My MD now came to me and said, Gabriel, please, I need to meet that man. You need to introduce me to him. So I went back to the club, begged him, ah, my MD wants to meet you, please give us an appointment. So he gave us an appointment. On this fateful day, we now went to Cadbury, from the gate, the security, the protocol, the reception, the forms, just to see this man. That was when I appreciated the privilege of just being able to walk up to him one-on-one -on -one and discuss the transaction. Now listen, there are people you want to see in this Lagos. There are people you've been waiting for two weeks to see. There are people you go to their offices and wait eight hours to see them. Make no mistake about it. There are places where they hang out in this town where you can walk up to them one-on-one -on -one and discuss what you want to discuss. But you need to invest in yourself. Now, I can break it down to even things as simple as join an activity group. You know... Let me use a church as an example. Let me use an organization like this as an example. You know, we can say, oh, 5,000 people were here today. That's different from saying Tokwe was here today. How do you begin to move from being a, a, a number, being a statistic, to being a person? You need to move away from being a statistic to being an identifiable person. And you can only do that by joining smaller activity groups. Invest in yourself. 
You like to play golf? Go join the golf club. You like to play tennis? Go join the tennis. Invest in groups where you can begin to interact with people. Because make no mistake, those are places where things happen. Build an effective network. Another one is branch out. Branch out. Assess and adjust the business direction in response to a changing environment. Step out of your comfort zone. Consistently look out for areas or markets for expansion and growth. Avoid analysis paralysis. There will never be a perfect, perfect moment. If you are 100% certain, there is most likely too late. Branch out. Now listen. In any business you do, in any location you find yourself, it's only a matter of time. Competition will catch up with you. It's only a matter of time. You know, let me say you have a high-end clothing shop on Adiola Odeco. And then your business is booming. Listen, when people come to your shop, as they are trying your clothes and buying them, they are also mentally counting the number of customers you have. It's like, uh, mother, what's your name? Adora. You know, Adora has a shop on Adora Odeco. And then her friend comes there and meets like 20 people trying out their... Adora, don't clean out for here. <laughs> have you been to Adora's shop? That lady has cleaned out. Before you know it, two clothing shops will start not far from you. It's just the way it is. I remember around the year 2000, and, you know, when we, when we built our tank farm in Ogara. We built that tank farm 2009 to very early 2011. I remember then, when I, would be, when I would land in Bini Airport and I'm driving to Ogara, I would just be smiling and say, ah, by the time the market realizes what we are doing here. That tank farm, when we commissioned it to 2011, it was an instant success. I mean, the tank farm did very well. But you know what? Even though the tank farm was doing very well, we did not sit down there to say, this is where God has buttered our bread. No, the moment we commissioned it, we've moved on. Three years later, we have built another tank farm in Calabar. Even though that tank farm was also doing very well, a few years later, we have built yet another tank farm in Lagos. Today, I go to Ogara, there are like maybe eight or ten tank farms there, even though we were like the pioneer, so to speak. So even though our aggregate share, so to speak, of that market may have gone down, because we have gone to other locations, our overall aggregate share of the market has only gone one way, which is up. So you must keep branching out. Don't sit down in one place and believe that that is where your bread is buttered. No. Because I will tell you one thing, you see. The size of a market is finite. For every new entrant into the business, that new entrant is only drawing from the existing market. He's not creating a new market because you have come into that business. Am I, am I making sense? Because it's like those of us, I opened a new petrol station on the street, for example, and on the first day, the petrol station say, sells 20,000 liters of fuel. The, the, if 500 cars bought those 20,000 liters of fuel, those 500 cars did not just uh, appear that first day into the market. No, they've always been there. They've been buying fuel elsewhere. 
So somebody have lost a share of that 20,000 liters to us. Am I correct? So as you are in that space and you're losing market share, you need to keep expanding so that you're getting market share in other places and then your business overall is on the upward trajectory. Encourage entrepreneurship. Encourage entrepreneurship. Now listen. If you are in paid employment, work as if you own the business. Take ownership. I work very hard for Renoel. Oh God, I work very hard. Those who work with me know that I work very hard. But you see the way I work for Renoel? That's exactly the same way I worked for Ascon Oil. Exactly the same way. No difference. When I was working, when I was still in paid employment, I remember one day, I left my, my office was in Isolo. So one day I drove from Isolo to Ore, the NNPC depot in Ore. I got Ore that day. I hired a truck. I loaded a truck of diesel, dispatched the truck back to Lagos, asked the truck to go to my office in Lagos and wait for me, and I drove back to Lagos the same day. As I got home that night, I knew that the truck would be waiting for me in the office. Wow, how am I going to sell this truck? Okay. So I said, okay, the following day, I'm going to go to Nestle. So I left my house at 5.30 in the morning and drove to Nestle in Agbara to ensure I get to Nestle before 8. So as they were opening, I was there. God there met the purchasing manager, convinced him. He gave me an LPO for the truck of AGO. By 10 a.m., I'd gotten the LPO signed, and I started a long drive from Agbara in Ogun State back to my office in Isolo. By 10 a.m., my MD came to the office. Where is Gabriel? Nobody knew where I was. There were no cell phones then. Let me digress. When I see the younger ones these days pressing their phones, I see their lives depend on it. I say, these guys have no idea how far we have come. 25 years ago, there were no cell phones. Nobody could reach me. Nobody knew where I was. And then I got to the office just before 11 a.m. Hey, Gabriel, where have you been? Where? I said, wait. I called a subordinate of mine, gave him the LP, and said, go and dispatch that truck to Agbara. And then my MD looked at me. He's like, no, Gabriel, wait. Are you saying you want to go to Agbara, or you're saying you're coming from Agbara? I said, no, Oga, I'm coming. I've been to Agbara already. I've done this transaction. This is the LPO dated today. The man just looked at me and shook his head. But that singular act of shaking his head for me spoke volumes. I took the business like my own. You know, I get, for, I get amused when I see people walk and they don't give it their all because, oh, it's not my father's business. No. Treat it like your own. If you want to be a successful entrepreneur, you have to first be a successful intrapreneur. Be an entrepreneur where you are today. Give it your all. You need staying power. Staying power is what gets you going when nothing seems to be happening. 
Staying power. You know, they say when the going gets tough, the tough gets going. Staying power is what gets you going when nothing seems to be happening. You see, when you're in paid employment, again, you're on 6 million naira per annum. So it means that in January, you get paid 500,000. In February, 500,000. In March, 500,000. In April, 500,000. Businesses don't make money that way. When they say a business has made a profit of 120 million naira, it doesn't mean that the business makes 10 million naira every month. No. That's not the way businesses make money. In January, you may make 30 million. In February, you may lose 5 million. In April, you may make 40 million. In March, in May, you may make nothing. Once in a while, there will be a dry spell. You need staying power to go through that dry spell. Because once you take that step of faith to move from being in paid employment to going into entrepreneurship, there is no looking back. Like they say, you don't put your hand on the plow and look back. Once you take that step of faith, there is no going back to Egypt. There is no going back to, I beg to apply. The only way to go is forward. Finally, I will close with this. It's a saying by the 26th U.S. president called Theodore Roosevelt. Theodore Roosevelt called it the man in the arena. The man in the arena. And I will quote, it is not the critic who counts. Not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again. Because there is no effort without error and shortcomings. But who does actually strive to do the deeds? Who knows great enthusiasm, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at worst, if he fails, at least he fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat, unquote. My desire for each and every one of us here is that we actually be that man in the arena who keeps striving to do the deeds, who keeps spending ourselves to a worthy cause, believing that this great country of us, this great country of us, rather, for us to flip it from being the poverty capital of the world to being the country with the highest number of millionaires in the world, that route passes through entrepreneurship. And my desire is that each and every one of us here, we play our part. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs>